uh, uh, Baptist distinctives. Uh, I think it was Brian. Didn't you send me a, an email uh, uh, about this? Uh, Brian has been doing some research, and, and do you remember what year that, that was? 66? Yeah, back in the 60s, a pastor um, put together this acrostic of, of Baptist, and so it dates all the way back to the 60s that a, a pastor put all this together. Uh, I, I told him, I, I said, my pastor taught it to me, uh, and then I, I learned it in Bible college, uh, but... Um, Anyway, uh, when I when I initially introduced it, um, I went the, we're going to be talking about separation tonight. Uh, the S, the first S in Baptist. Um, <clears throat> I think it was Jim uh, had had heard this too, and in in his definition, it was separation of of uh, ecclesiastical separation, and I believe it was governmental separation. I, I believe wasn't it something like that? That is one version. Yeah. Yeah. Separation of church and state. Yeah. Yeah. Church separation. And so that 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 actually started me thinking because I I'd always learned that separation of uh, of um, uh, ecclesiastical separation and then personal separation. Uh, that's how I'd always learned it. And but then I started thinking about it. And I thought you know Jim's got a point uh, because there is a separation and. And so we're going to actually be talking about all three tonight. Uh, <clears throat> hopefully, we'll get all three in tonight. Um, but I, I'm going to I'm going to kind of kind of move quickly here. But <clears throat> the problem when you start talking about separation, what what is the first thing that someone who doesn't like separation, what is the first thing that they claim? Okay, you think you're 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 better than me, right? Okay, but what is there? But there's a word that they like to throw out. Okay, well that legalism. Oh, you're just you're just legalistic. Well, you know what? If if I'm legalistic in my attempt to be biblical, I'm sorry, but that's not the point. The point is to be biblical, not legalistic. Okay? And and we need to be very, very careful here because, and we're going to be talking about this at the end, but whenever we talk about separation, legalism can, can creep in. And now all of a sudden, I'm doing these things, our church is doing these things, because we're trying to prove something instead of trying to walk with God. And when we cross the line to trying to prove something, then we are being legalistic. Does, does that make sense? So we need to be very, very careful here because there is a very, very fine line in, in separation that we need to walk. And the key here is to be biblical in our thinking and our teaching. <clears throat> Vance Habner uh, uh, wrote this. He said, we are not to be isolated, but insulated, moving in the midst of evil, but untouched by it. I like that. We, you know, <clears throat> there, there is a sect of believers that believe that the further I can get away from the, wor- or from the world, the safer my family is. 
we had a family uh, come to our church some time back, and <clears throat> they uh, I went to visit them like I do most people. Uh, they came two or three times, and they and they and they told when I went to visit, them, I said we're not coming back. And I said, may I ask why? I, you know, not that I was being nosy. I just, you know, maybe somebody had offended them, or I didn't know, you know. And uh, <clears throat> uh, he said, well, I don't like your preaching. No, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> well, you're stuck with that one. Uh, but no, he said, he said, he said, no. The reason we're not going to come back is because your church is full of sinners. I said, well, you got that right. The pastor's the worst one. I said, and he says, I don't want my family around those kind of people. Really? Well, how's that going for you? <laughs> and, and what they ended up doing is they ended up isolating themselves. And the last that I heard, his two oldest sons are living in, they have gone wild. If we are to understand this idea of, of separation, I, I believe Vance Abner nailed it. We are not to be isolated, but insulated. He goes on, he says, separation is contact with um, contamination. Having contact with contempt. We are to walk through this world and not get dirty. Jesus was holy, harmless, undefiled, separated from sinners. Yet, he was a friend to the tax collectors and sinners. Okay, so we're going to start here in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26, <clears throat> quoting are, are, are referencing the quote that Vance Habner just made. Uh, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26. For such an high priest uh, became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separated uh, from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. That is called separation. But yet, in Luke chapter 7, verse 34, the Bible says, and the Son of Man has come to uh, uh, come eating and drinking, and ye say, behold, a gluttonous man and a wine bitter bibber uh, and a friend of publicans and sinners. Jesus came to not isolate himself from the world, but to insulate himself so that he could reach the world. And we need to be very careful. Because separation, especially in the context, the first two that we're going to be looking at, ecclesiastical and personal separation, more, uh, probably more than the personal separation, we can, we can get so concerned with separation that we isolate ourselves and our families and we are unable to reach a world that desperately needs Christ. Amen. But then at the same time, God tells, calls us to be separate. So how do we balance this? Well, hopefully you'll learn some things tonight and we'll help with that. So, having said all that, I believe with all of my heart that true biblical separation is clearly defined in the first three verses 
of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Turn, turn there, if you would, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. When I hear the pages settle down, we'll continue. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Bob's back there. <laughs> you probably got a wad of paper just. <laughs> okay, 1 Corinthians chapter. Now, now, as we read this, see if you cannot identify the potential for wrongdoing in the area of separation. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am, become a, 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 I am become a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal. And though I have gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could rem, uh, remove mountains and have not charity or love, I am nothing. Get that. I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, have not love, it profiteth me nothing. I can look right. I can, I can act right. I can do all the right things and be consumed with pride. Amen. And separation, especially personal separation, we can cross the line very, very carefully or, or easily, excuse me. And then all of a sudden it becomes about, look what I can do Amen. instead of look what God has done through me. I know that as a fact because I've been there. Let's start by talking about ecclesiastical separation. If you don't, does anybody not know what ecclesiastical separation is? Because that's a big theological word, ecclesiastical. Well, that's, well, that, yeah. Okay, you don't know? Okay. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, I didn't even think about looking it up. Um, basically, it is, it is the separation that a church needs to make from other churches. Uh, let, let me explain. Uh, I got an email <clears throat> from uh, the local pastor's fellowship group, which I, I never go to them just because I don't have time. But it, it is an all-encompassing uh, group of pastors of, of every religion, I think, in town except for the Mormons. And they invited us, Grace Baptist Church, to a Good Friday celebration. And I never, I never responded to that, mainly just because they knew I wouldn't. But I was included in the email. Can anybody tell me what, what could be wrong with that kind of meeting? Okay, see, the, the, the key to these pastor fellowships is, they, this is the mantra, we, we want to put away all our doctrinal differences 
and we want to come together on common ground. Well, I've got a serious problem with that because I'm told not to do that. The Bible tells us not to do that. We have, and so for me to have our church go to a ecumenical event like this, that means that there, the, 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 somebody would have been preaching there that believes that you can lose your salvation. They, they believe in an infant baptism. And we've talked about how important that is. And, and the list goes on and on and on. See, that's, that's ecclesiastical separation. Does that answer your question? Yeah, we've talked about it before. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Romans chapter 6, verse 7 says, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Now, there's a couple of things here I want to I bring out. And the first one it is, it says to mark them. Or uh, to, it, it literally means to, to take notice or to, to, to remember them. Okay, it does not say for me to stand up and make a public, public spectacle of someone. Okay, I, I, and I hope that my explanation of ecclesiastical separation, I hope that you understood I was not trying to trash any other church in town. That, that's not my intention. My Bible says to mark them and to have nothing to do with them in a, in, in, in an, in a worship-type situation. Does that make sense? Now, do I personally know every pastor in town? Uh, most of them, I do. And I've even had lunch with a couple of them. And most of them are really nice guys. But I'm not going to bring Grace Baptist Church and their church together and, and sit around a campfire and sing Kumbaya. It's just not going to happen. Why? Because my Bible says <clears throat> to mark them which are uh, uh, to 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 mark them that have that cause division or offenses uh, uh, contrary to doctrine. Key word here. Key word here. Doctrine. Not my opinion. It doesn't say that I have a right to mark them and, 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 and separate from them uh, because I disagree with them. My, my opinion has nothing to do with it. But when they're teaching and preaching things that I believe are contrary to this book, I have to draw a line. And we need to draw a line. <clears throat> then it says to avoid them. It... <laughs> It, it does not say, uh, uh, berate them. It does not say, uh, get on Facebook and rip their face off with words. It, it doesn't say that. What does it say? Okay. Just avoid them. And, that, and that's what I do. I, I just, you know what? But again, I see these guys in the street. I see them at the post office. Uh, I, ran into, I ran into a pastor the other day uh, in Walmart. We stood in Walmart and talked for... I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. I'm sorry? 
I am. I am. You know, I, I, I'm not being ugly. I'm just, I'm just being, uh, to the best of my ability, trying to be scriptural. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 and following says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, <clears throat> for uh, what have fellowship with righteousness and uh, with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what a, uh, agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and w- uh, walk in them, and I will uh, be their God, and they uh, shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be, be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you, and will be your father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Almighty. <clears throat> the the key, the key in all of this, and, and again, I want to be very, very clear, very, very careful. The key here is not my opinion, it's not your opinion, but it's doctrine. And, it, and when it comes to doctrine, we have to draw a line in the sand. Not that, again, not that some of these, some of these guys, uh, some of these churches, they're, they're, they're good people. And, and people do get saved at these churches. But my Bible says I, I, I have to mark them and avoid them. <clears throat> the second thing I want to talk about, and this is where we can get into a lot of big trouble here, is personal separation. Uh, <clears throat> personal separation involves an individual's commitment to a godly standard or lifestyle. Um, my wife and I, uh, many, many years ago, uh, decided that there were certain things uh, in life that we were going to either avoid or that we were either going to do because we believe that God wants us as believers uh, to have a certain standard. Uh, <clears throat> somebody recently said something about a tie, and and I and I said I, I hate ties. Okay, I I think they're wicked from right out of the right out of the pit of hell. I hate them. <laughs> But you know what? I decided a long time ago that I was going to dress to the best of my ability to please an Almighty Father. It has nothing to do with a Baptist thing of wearing a tie. That, that has nothing to do with it. I wear a tie because uh, I, I want to dress my best. When I go to worship God, and if you if you if you go through Scripture, every time the priest, the high priest, the uh, the priest, whatever, God had a dress code for them, and it wasn't well. I won't I won't say it, uh, but I, I'm just saying. <clears throat> but 
that's my conviction. That, 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 that's, that's my preference. This is something that I have chosen for myself. I have never one time from this pulpit stood here and said, you know what, if you don't wear a tie to church, you're not right with God. I've never said that. And hopefully I'll never say that. But I've heard preachers say that. See, Daniel practiced personal separation, did he not? Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. See, Daniel made a choice a dietary choice. I actually need to make a dietary choice. Uh, yeah, it is. Eat more ice cream. Um, <clears throat> but seriously, Daniel purposed in his heart. Daniel made a choice that he was going to be different. He wasn't ugly about it. He wasn't prideful about it. He just asked, hey, this is something that's important to me. He went to the, to the, the person of, of authority, asked for permission. You, 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 hopefully you know the story. Permission was given. And because of his obedience, physically he prospered. And it changed everything. In a, in a modern example of personal separation it could be the decision be it at a party uh, uh, be it going to a party at work or or with friends or whatever uh, uh, many believers just say you know what i'm not i'm just not going to go to a party and there, there there could be many reasons for that uh, one of them could be for uh, a decision that might be made uh, in order to avoid temptation uh, when my wife and I were first dating, <clears throat> uh, we were out on a walk one time, and, and the only place, <laughs> I know this sounds crude, but I had to go to the restroom, and the only place to go was in a bar where we were. We weren't at the bar. No, no, we weren't at the bar. But <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Where we were walking past, there was a bar. And, and I, I refused to go in there. I, I didn't care how bad I had to go to the bathroom. Because I, I'd only stopped drinking, what, maybe six months before that, if that. And my fear was I didn't, I didn't want to go into that, that, that realm of temptation. I still, I still to this day, uh, I don't want anything. I, I don't want to go back in, into that environment. So, <clears throat> so we would could possibly make that. We could uh, also do it for the avoidance of the appearance of evil. First uh, Thessalonians chapter five verse twenty two: Abstain from all appearance of evil. Uh, <clears throat> now, this is one of these verses that we like to quote when it's convenient for us, but. <laughs> But we don't like to obey it when it's not convenient. Am I? Am, you all understand what I mean? Amen. Or 
simply to be consistent in our personal convictions. Romans chapter 14, verse 5. Uh, one man esteems one day above another, another esteem every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. See, it doesn't, personal separation is something that needs to take place in each of our lives. But how we do it and what and the, and the choices for these things can can vary. There's there's no cook, cookie cutter answer for this. I guess I guess what I'm trying to say. But the Bible very very clearly te- teaches us that personal separation is important. Uh, I'm going to give you three three sets of verses here very very quickly. First uh, Peter chapter one verses fourteen to sixteen. Uh, As obedient children not fashioning yourselves according to the to the former lust of your uh, ignorance, but as he that hath called you is holy, so be ye in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Well, let me go back to the previous verse. Can we be holy and keep one foot in the world? No. We can't do it. Okay, it's it's impossible. Second Corinthians chapter six verse seventeen. Wherefore <clears throat> come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Matthew chapter six verse twenty eight uh, four. Excuse me, Matthew six twenty four. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And I could just keep going and going and going. There's many, 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 many references to the to the need for believers to live separate from the world. <clears throat> we need to be different. <clears throat> Sometimes our choices to to be different can cause. <clears throat> Sometimes our our choices can cause. Um, discomfort for those around us. I, I remember when um, my wife and I, one of the, and this is not a biblical thing, this is just something to, to kind of give you an example. Um, when when our children were, were little, in fact, it was even before we had children, um, uh, we had decided that our children were going to grow up saying, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. There was, it was never, it was never an option. I can't tell you how much grief I took from my family for that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, my mom, <laughs> I love my mom, but she says, my grandchildren will never say that to me. And I said, well, then they're never going to talk to you. <laughs> it's just, that's the way it was. To, to us, it was a respect thing. And it, and it had nothing to do with that Melanie's from the South. It had nothing to do with that. It is a, it is a matter of respect. <clears throat> and and uh, later, uh, obviously, because my mom does talk to us, um, <clears throat> she thanked us for her grandchildren showing her the respect that that she deserved. 
there are times in our lives where we, where we as families, we make choices. And our unsaved loved ones and our unsaved co-workers don't always understand. 1 John chapter 3, verse 13. Marvel not, my brethren, if the, if the world hate you. There will be times if you understand the biblical principle of separation that the world will hate you for it. But you need to do it. The idea is to make a difference and to be different. Not to <clears throat> drive a wedge or to build a wall between us and them. That's not the point. It's not, it's not the, 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 the Christians against the unsaved. No, if anything, we need to be reaching the unsaved. But it's Separation is about being different. Where the world looks at you and says, you know what? I, I, I used to get this a lot on the job site when I worked construction. You know, I, guys just say, you know, you, you don't talk like the rest of the guys. Yeah, well, there's a reason for that. I made a choice a long time ago. I wasn't going to talk like that. Separation. But remember, it has to be wrapped in love. Governmental separation. Now, what I'm going to do here, because in my, in my research and study for this, I came across a really, really good article. It's not very long, but it's, it, it is far better worded than I could have done. So I, I just decided to read it to you. Uh, because it really does a good job of explaining governmental separation. Uh, the issue of separation of church and state is one that, was, that has promoted much debate. In spite of the rhetoric uh, common to revisionist historians, now, now that, that is key, because it is revisionist history. Amen. Okay? <clears throat> Our founding fathers did not seek to eradicate religion in America. Indeed, an overwhelming majority of those who signed the declaration counted themselves as men of faith. Uh, it may come as a surprise then for many to learn that nowhere in the Constitution do the words separation of church and state appear. And, and it doesn't. You can read the Constitution, not, not even close. It simply is not there. The idea of church-state separation came from a letter penned by uh, Thomas Jefferson, again, contrary to the nonsensical propaganda of the revisionist, Jefferson's cause was to protect religious liberties um, from the uh, intrusive government. In no way did Jefferson or any of the former uh, 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 frame, excuse me, of the Jefferson or any of the framers of the Constitution seek to restrict Americans' uh, uh, religious activities. We live in a constitutional repub republic rather than a theocracy. 
for good reason. State-sanctioned churches became pulpits of governments. Under such circumstances, the edicts of feeble men that uh, 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 take take pre pre uh, precedent, excuse me, over the inspired teaching of Scripture, which the state heads of churches and uh, the integrity of the gospel is all too easily compromised. Likewise, civil servants living on tax dollars are uh, are unfit for serving as pastors, for their loyalties are divided between the one who called them and the one who feeds them. <clears throat> I like that. Uh, such compromise uh, did not belong in the pulpit. Uh, let the government build roads, let Christians build churches. Another bit of nonsense being force-fed to the public is the notion that men and women of faith have no business in politics. But it is hardly a secret that George Washington and Abraham Lincoln were men of deep, unwavering Christian faith. Their personal writings, public statements, church involvement, and testimonies of their families reveal their lifelong commitment to Christianity. They were hardly alone in their faith. Again, the majority of our nation's founders aligned themselves with Christianity. And I, I, I had to read that because he said it far better than I could have. And it is, and it, it is revisionist history, and it is being force-fed down our children's throats in our public schools. Amen. And it is a shame, and it is a blight on our Constitution. Now, having said all that, does God have anything to say about the Christian, and the government. Absolutely, absolutely. Romans uh, Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 4, is probably the best example. It says, Let every soul be subject to the higher power, for there is one power but of God. The, power, <clears throat> the powers that be ordained of God, uh, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not uh, a terror of good works, but uh, to, to the evil, which thou, when, uh, but thou then uh, not be afraid of the power. <clears throat> Do that which is good, and, that, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God uh, to, to thee for good. <clears throat> but if thou do not do that uh, which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth uh, not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God and, the, and a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. In other words, God put in place government to bring down the wrath of God on the evildoers of this world. You break the law, there are consequences. And those consequences are God-ordained. 
Uh, you can continue reading if you want. Matthew, I'll just give you these references. Uh, Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 to 22. Acts chapter 5, verse 29. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> Again, all giving us the responsibility that we are to obey those authorities over us. Now, there is only one exception to that rule. And what is it? Okay, when it goes against the principles of God. Amen. Other than that, we are to obey. Okay, now, <clears throat> here is the huge warning zone that I talked about at the very beginning. Separation can open a really, really bad door in our lives, and that is the door of pride. And, and as a church, we can, we can sit back and say, well, our church is better than their church because we don't do this and we don't do that and we do this and blah, 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 blah. Don't do that. Don't do that. But it can also open a door, and I've been, down, I've been through this door, and it's a horrible door to go through, where you start to think that you are better than other people. That is a door you do not want to go in. But it can happen. Pride can set in. Whoa, look at you. Man. Boy, doesn't Rick look sharp today? <laughs> what 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 would what would God do without Rick Renteria? I mean, he is so I mean, he looks so sharp. He, he is such a godly... You, you see what I'm saying? But the problem is we do that to ourselves. And, 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 and it happens when we compare ourselves with ourselves. It's like Trion here. I am so much more spiritual than Trion. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do that, do we not? You know? We... 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 we, we 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 see shortcomings in people and we think man i'm sure glad i'm not like that shame on us in fact i've got a story to tell you it comes right out of luke chapter 18 verse 10 two men went up to the temple to pray one a pharisee and the other a publican and the publican, i.e. you, stood and prayed with uh, thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not like other men are, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as publicans. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes that all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not eat, not so uh, not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon, uh, uh, upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. Please get a hold of this. When we exalt ourselves, God will bring us down. And I'm telling you, I told you a moment ago, 
I've been through that door. And that is a hard fall to take. But God will bring you down. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Separation is an important part of what we believe. But it should always be done in love. Love for this book. Love for our Lord Jesus Christ. And love for the world around us. Why do we separate ourselves? Why do we have standards? Why do we do these things? Because of love. But we have to be so, so very careful because as soon as we start to separate personally from the world, Satan starts to drop the little uh, things. Oh, aren't you so good? Look at your life compared to... Don't go down that road. Go down the road of separation, but don't go down the road of pride. I want to close with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3 again. Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass and a a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, I have not charity. Uh, oh, excuse me, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. You know, you could have all the right standards. You can, you can, you can have a 600-pound Bible that you carry around with you. But if it's not done in love, it's just empty words. It's worth nothing. Why was Trion, Trion able to lead this girl to Christ? Hopefully it was because she saw something different in you. And she saw the love of Christ in your life. How are you going to make a difference in the world around you? Hopefully because you're different than the rest of the world. And there's a love about you that they don't understand. Separation is an important thing, but it can be abused, and and more importantly, it can be misunderstood. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father,